Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast, where for the third season in a row, we're going to be discussing a home loss to Brentford. Ah, Chelsea, one step forward, two step back, it seems, at the moment in time. Joining me to discuss this defeat to Brentford and to keep up her abysmal record on the podcast of Chelsea performances, it's Miss Jessica Plotter. Jess, how are we doing? Uh, not that great now. Thank you for that. Um no, I'm I'm great. Um, thank you for having me on. As always, is is such a pleasure and an honor to be here. But I, you know, I was expecting you to to call me out on the record stuff, but I still don't appreciate it. And I'll even um, I'll even go uh, make it worse because I remember there was um, the last episode I was supposed to be on, and I couldn't make it. We actually won. So there you have it, people. This is all you're gonna have today. It's entirely my fault. Yeah, Je- Jess has been. This is Jess's seventh episode as a main guest she obviously did appear in the season preview so talking about certain mr where she talked about certain mr david washington who also made his who made his choice debut day so maybe come to him a, a bit later but yeah one win in that time folks that was southampton a 6 to win against southampton uh some losses and draws is mainly what she talked about so unfortunately that is what we're going to be continuing with today um as always you guess just tell people where they can find you on twitter for I don't know, positivity, negativity, rants, just whatever comes to your mind, really, to tell people where they can find you. And a lot of memes. Um, it's at J underline Frota, so F-R-O-T-A. Lovely, lovely stuff. Link in the description below. Yeah, as mentioned earlier, Chelsea played Brentford in the lunchtime kickoff today and lost 2-0, which means Brentford will be first side in Premier League history to win each of their first three games against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge in the competition. It also means that Brentford have won more Premier League games at Stamford Bridge since April the second than Chelsea. Um, yeah, just deep that, that people. <laughs> yeah, so not good, not a good day. Um, just before we sort of get to game, just what your thoughts on the game because I feel that that is a game we have seen very many variations of over not just this season but over the last few seasons. I kind of lose track of that the amount of type of games I've seen about. It. In recent times, it is very frustrating, isn't it? Incredibly so. It it almost feels like we saw two games in one, right? Two completely different halves. We were really great in the first half, playing beautiful football. And then again, we couldn't score, just missing that finisher. And what we created a lot, we looked like a unit, cohesive. We saw patterns of play. Uh, Cole Palmer once again pulling all the strings. So it was very exciting. And then the second half is like we decided not to show up at all and continue continue making silly mistakes individual mistakes 
And I, I, I think also because we have such a young squad now, um, maybe they don't, you know, there's an aspect of mentality of when you, you are one nil down, it kind of, it kind of crumbles a little bit. So it was, it was incredibly frustrating, but as you said, it's something that we have been seeing for, for the last um, past couple of seasons. Um, I think under, uh, even under Thomas Tuchel, um, his last season, it was a little bit like there, a, a bit like that also obviously with with Graham Potter as well and it's something that we're almost getting used to but we shouldn't get used to or or at least we shouldn't have to get used to it yeah no indeed it was incredibly frustrating um there's probably going to be a few positives so let's just I guess get one out of the way Jess Cole Palmer he was kind of at the heart of everything that was good about Chelsea today and uh each every single week he kind of makes me eat my words of basically not being too infused about spending 40 million on him Again, just a really good performance from him. Obviously, creates lovely uh, ball over top for Cucurella to run on to. Unfortunately, it's straight up keeper. But he was basically everything that was good about Chelsea today. And, you know, just another strong showing from him in an otherwise very disappointing day. Yeah, I think Cole Palmer is what you think about when you think about a young team. I think as an optimistic Chelsea fan, when you, when I'm thinking about building a young team, building a a team for the future, he is the sort of player that you have to have in mind, right? Hungry player, creative player, a lot of technical ability, always there, courageous, fearless, you know, not afraid to make those passes, find those passes, even if, you know, he's going to miss a couple of them. And it's just fun to watch, you know, it's exciting to watch him. Um, And, and definitely it's, it's weird because, Looking back now, I mean, I personally feel like it's a, a bargain. And I certainly didn't feel like that before. Um, I always felt like he was a good player, but I wasn't expecting him to have such an instant impact. And I I personally view him as the number one player in our in our starting 11. So that's a testament to his desire and his ability. And um, it's wonderful. I think he's becoming, you know, fastly becoming a fan favorite. Yeah, no, indeed, indeed. Uh, in other news, Thiago Silva started his 87 Premier League game today, all coming age 36 and over, the most by an outfielder in the competition's Premier League history. Um, yeah, just said Chelsea, you know, I said for the first half, there was quite a lot to like. I thought we controlled that game very well. Obviously, this was a game we were playing without Enzo Fernandez, and certainly in that first half, I, I did not think at all Chelsea missed Enzo Fernandez out there today. We saw a start for, for Noni Madueke. Um for me, he probably had like decent moments in that game, but it probably is just moments we're talking about with Nonny. Obviously, he has that shot that hits the bar. Um, and then he, you know, uh, is responsible, I guess, for that sort of attack near the end of the first half where, you know, plays the ball in for Cucurella and his shot gets. What did you kind of make of Nonny's performance? Because obviously, it was an opportunity. He's been out the side uh, recently, you know, but Mudrick was unavailable. What did you kind of make, it, make of Nonny? It was, for me, it was sort of like, you know, moments, but he didn't probably do much really to, to stake a claim saying, I should really be you know, play in this team moving forward, really. I agree. Um, I, I watched, I watched him for England, England, the under twenties, and he was very exciting. Um, always doing a lot of take-ons and, and again, showing that uh, courageousness that you see in young players with talent, but it kind of stopped there. I didn't see him producing, as you said, you mentioned the, the time when he hit the bar and that was a moment of brilliance. But other than that, he didn't really show much. And, and I think, that we lose a lot defensively when when he's he's on the pitch, so it's it's a little bit um, it's, it's it's a weird one. But I also don't know if I can judge him solely on today's performance because he was playing with Desazi, um, who who you know is, is much more of a, as a centre back than than a fullback, even though he was playing at the right you know as, as a right back. He doesn't um, offer that much going forward, and I think that also limited um, Nani's you know chance to to have an impact there. But as you said, it is certainly frustrating, even even more so when you you know you have players that are on loan and that are uh, performing to a better le- uh, level, like Angelo. And and by no means am I saying that he is having a wonderful season. But again, he's showing something to be excited about. You see him dribbling, carrying the ball a lot more, and and your mind as a Chelsea fan goes to comparisons. At least mine does. So it's one to keep an eye on. But I think he's a good player. But he needs to have consistent minutes to, to to develop. He's not showing what he can do yet. And I wonder, you know, when uh, Nkuku comes back and Mudrik comes back, how much game time he's actually going to get to develop. So it's one that I'm, I'm I'm kind of on the wall about when it comes to Nani Madueke. 
yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, just I guess let's talk about the first goal. It's probably just very frustrating because in a way it's similar. In a way, it's obviously you know from a slightly different sort of angle, but it is basically similar to the goal the equaliser we conceded against Arsenal last week. It's a cross to the back post, and this is so that a man is lost. Um, and I believe is it Nonny? I think he sort of doesn't really go with his man as well. But and that kind of links back to your point about the defensive discipline. And it was something you know on the pod last week we praised Mikhailo Mudrik for you know seemingly Pochettino got that defensive discipline instilled in him the way he was off the ball. Nonny still today, yeah, probably. Like in there, but Jess, it's just so annoying. It's the soft nature of a goal. And I mean, as I said, for 45 minutes, I mean, I think, and he, Thomas Frank said after the game, Brentford weren't even very good today. He said, I think he said, you know, they're pretty average. But Chelsea, we dominate, but we don't take our chances, we don't punish them. And then we find ourselves one on down with such a, a poor, soft goal. And it's just so frustrating. We, we keep sort of hamstringing ourselves in games. It's just such a soft goal. And the fact that it's the second time in a week we've conceded a, a goal, basically at the back post just really really disappointing yeah it's it's even more disappointing when you think about at least when I think about the tactic um and what Mauricio Pochettino tried to do so we saw that that goal I think it was Malagusto who lost his man against Arsenal and, and it, it couldn't um stop uh Trosa. and then you think about Brentford you think about headers that's that's what it is you think about headers so for me it was clear that he was trying to rise the height of our back line. And so I would be very, very surprised before, you know, the game happened if he would have both Cucurella and and uh, Malagusto as as the fullbacks. So I was expecting either Levi Cowell or Tisasi to play as one of, of the fullbacks. So we'd have a little bit more height. And so for me, it was very clear that the reason Tisasi was playing right back was to have that height, to stop to, to stop those sort of goals and to see it happening, it was just incredibly frustrating because it was obviously something that we were expecting to happen and that we were, uh, you know, theoretically trained for and we still couldn't um, couldn't defend. And again, as you said, Nani lost his man and I think he, he did that as well against Arsenal a couple of times. And it's, it's just, it's a bit, it's a bit frustrating, as you said, to basically exact goals um and we try to fix something in our in our lineup to prevent that from happening but it still wasn't enough yeah no Zali Pinnock rises and heads home and it's one nil and that from that point on was Chelsea are sort of up against it and I guess the depressing nature of it is that there's a round of time about 20 minutes left I'm texting one of my mates there was a there was also a, perhaps a very a much more exciting cricket game going on so we were talking about that but then I said to him once that was over I was like Chelsea are gonna huff and puff for these last 20 minutes and lose and unfortunately, Jess, that is kind of what we do. And then we just get caught on the breakaway. Um, my only s- small satisfaction is that Neil Malpe s- sort of messes up so he doesn't get a goal himself. The man who I think has scored one goal since the beginning of last yeah. season. It would have been typical Chelsea to concede to him. But it is, you know, he manages to get off to Brian and Buemo, uh Ted. And we get done with the counter-attack. Sanchez up from for a corner. It's an awful corner. I don't want to be too harsh on it, but I think Ian Hudson's attempt to challenge the ball is pitiful or oh, that's that I, I won't go any harsher than that but uh you know maybe strong some people will use stronger words to describe it and very on goal and it's 2-0 and it's just clinical from Brentford but just so poor from Chelsea yeah Jess, I think that's yeah I'm sorry go on sorry go I'm on. sorry I, I was just I was just about to say it, it it also comes from you know I know there are a lot of people on Twitter that don't like to talk about passion and and all of that, but I think moments like these is, is when you need that little bit of a next factor. You know, someone like Rudiger, um, who just take out the man. You can't. You also need one of these type of players at least to be doing something like that. And as you said, Ian was just a little bit too soft there, um, trying to take him out. But you know, it is what it is. Yep, and we lose two 0 and we fall to at the time of recording eleventh in the Premier League table. Um, just a very, very disappointing display. And I have just looked up in the meantime, folks, the last time we won the 12.30 kickoff, I'm going to give Jess an opportunity for a quick quest here. The 12.30 kickoff, so the early kickoff in Premier League. Jess, do you have any idea of the last early kickoff Chelsea won in the Premier League? No idea. The 20th no of November, at 2021 at Leicester City, oh. when Chelsea won 3-0 oh, wow. and when Angolo Kante scored that wonderful solo goal. Mm-hmm. I looked up, that's yeah. the last time Chelsea won an early kickoff in the Premier League. So... Chelsea. I mean, I, you know, I knew we were bad at those, but yeah, exactly. And you know, it's dumb sort of analysis here. And football is not based on kickoff times. But it's one of those bizarre things. The same thing. We've not won a four thirty kickoff 
on a Sunday uh, since we beat Spurs under Thomas Tuchel in, in the January of 2022. So the 12.30 and the 4.30 on a Sunday are not kind kickoff times for Chelsea in that regard at all. Um, so, yeah, it was just incredibly disappointing. Jess, what also probably does not reassure fans after the game is kind of what one of the comments Pochettino's Kamal is doing the rounds right now on social media where he goes, when we... We played Liverpool and Arsenal and the team did really well. When you see this type of game like today or Nottingham Forest, we dominate, but we can't score goals when the block is so, so deep. There are many bodies in the cyber box and we struggle to score. But in different games, when we played Arsenal and Liverpool, the team did really well. That's why we're not worried. I would argue that you are more likely to play teams with low blocks than you are the likes of Arsenal and Liverpool's. So therefore, just by pure numbers, I would be worried. I find that bizarre. But just what are your thoughts? Because obviously it is a... Is a pattern. Chelsea do struggle to score goals. I believe that's now the fourteenth time this year, and obviously not all of these were put, but we've you know struck failed to to score a goal in a game. It's also the third home game out of six that we've struggled to score a goal in, and the fourth game already this league season. But I'm pretty sure maybe at least four. Yeah, but we've blanked in. Um, how I guess concerned, worried are you with Chelsea and low blocks and this sort of issue with Poch? Well, I actually have to divide myself in two here. I'm going to be very, very on the wall because rationally, I'm still like logically trying to think about every objective aspect. You know, Unkuku, who is at the very least top three players of this side, hasn't even played yet. And he was our big, let's say, weapon in terms of um, comparing last season to this season. He was supposed to be that guy who would offer shooting power, firepower, and all of that. And he still hasn't kicked a ball for us in the Premier League. And um, so that's a major thing. Today, we didn't have Mudrik, we didn't have Enzo and all of that. So, um, you know, thinking about being a young team that doesn't necessarily take, you know, make the best decisions and all of that. But then again, it is, you know, the, the emotional side of me, it is very frustrating because I know football isn't played on paper, but even then, if you see on paper the team that we have, the players that we have, we should be doing a lot more. And when you look at players like um, like Sterling, who are supposed to be the experienced players of the side, and, and he was actually performing quite well for us. But today, for me, he was just poor. And and then you have players like Cole Palmer, who are very young, who, at least in the fans' eyes, we're not, expect, you know, we're not expected to be the, the players leading us and, and pushing the side. And you have Cole Palmer being, as I said, courageous, taking risks, making the runs and, and trying um, the uncomfortable passes and, and being, risk, you know, um, and, and then you have and then you have players being very, very safe. You know, the older players, the little older players that we have, the few older players that we have um, being very safe. And, you know, we were I think we shot like twice on go um, in the first half and, and we had the ball like all the time we would be dominated and, and there was just no one to, to, you know, to shoot, to take that risk. So it, it is something to be concerned about. Um, and also it is very hard to just be dependent on, on one player to say, Oh, Nkuku is going to come in and suddenly we're going to be uh, an entirely different team. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a mental struggle with myself, kind of having a debate with myself, trying to think logically, but at the same time, um, there's just this feeling that won't go away, that something is still isn't clicking. Um, and it's like we have a wonderful game and we take one step forward, but then the next game we take three steps back. So it is, I think the word for me right now will be frustrating. Yeah, no, indeed. Indeed, it is incredibly, incredibly frustrating. And as I said, you know, been, been off the back of, you know, well, I think they said Chelsea's best sort of run of form since all March last year in terms of I'm going unbeaten. Um, and then, yeah, brought back down to, I would say, you know, some really encouraging performances and signs in recent weeks. And today is maybe just another, you know, reality check or being brought back down to have however you want to view it. Yeah, it was just incredibly frustrating. And I think you say the more frustrating is that, you know, I think we'll see Brentford play have to play a lot better this season as well. So I don't think they were even, even that good today. And we did sort of hand it to them. Going to further the conversation now by moving on to some listener questions 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. First question comes in from Travis. Do you have any, do you have hope anything changes? Feels we're a bottom, feels doomed we're a bottom half team again. Obviously, Jess, at the time of recording, we are 11th. So we are a bottom half team of a, of a moment in time as we, you know, get a few games away from reaching the about a third of the way through this Premier League season. Four out of 10 games, we have failed to score a goal in. That's 40% of the games. We have won one home game this season in the Premier League. That was losing one of our last 13 in the Premier League at Stamford Bridge. I mean, just by those numbers alone, it probably feels it is quite hard at this moment in time for Chelsea to be more than a sort of bottom half team or at best, you know, a team scraping into the top half. But then we did also see some really good signs, probably in, in the few games before this, you know, the, the Brian Cup game, the, the games against Fulham, Burnley, and last week against Arsenal, there was really a lot to like. So I guess, one, do you have hope anything changes? And where do you think this sort of Chelsea side, based on what you've seen of 11 games this season, will will finish? Um, I mean, hope is all I have right now. Um, no expectations, but but I do have hope. And it lingers on a couple of things um, about you know, it lingers on players coming back from injury. Um, again, Modric and Enzo apparently are going to come back very soon. And obviously the addition, almost I can say addition, I think, of, of Nkuku and all of that. And the fact that we have a very, you know, our run right now of games is, is incredibly tough with, with Tottenham, um, Manchester City, I think, Newcastle, Brighton and United. Um, but we seem to play at least this season. We, you know, we seem to grow when we're playing against the, the the big sides in terms of the style that we play. So that is something that gives me hope. But I don't expect much because of the reality of what we're a very young team. And as I, I think we've been seeing, um, it is very hard. I think mentally for them to to believe in themselves. It's almost it's almost like that. Like if they're playing well, and you can see them trying stuff, trying passes, trying to, to create something. And the minute we go one nil down or something bad happened, it kind of all collapses. And, you know, that mental toughness. So a lot of it, in my opinion, depends on that huge run that we're going to have right, right now and how they cope to it and how they respond to it. If we have, a, you know, if we get a result against Tottenham, maybe things things will change. But I think Travis' uh, wording was was very helpful for me because he said, you know, we just, you know, hope. And that's all I have right now. It's hope. And, you know, as a Chelsea fan, I'm going to hope always for the best. And um, always, you know, it's Chelsea. Anything can happen. And we've proved that time and time again. And as for the expectations, uh, my expectations currently would be top 10. Um, I would love for us to be in Europe because I think not having Europe uh, two seasons in a row is nothing short of abysmal, tragic, uh, whatever you want to say. Um, I have a lot of patience. I mean, at least when compared to most Chelsea fans, I'm very, very patient. I believe in um, creating some some new culture. I believe in creating a young team. I believe in the all the idea of progress process that the the, the words fans don't want to use sometimes. But I believe in that. I believe in that. I, I I can buy into that idea. But I need to see it in reality. I need to see the results, and I need to see. Uh, you know something to to hold on to and as I said sadly now it feels like you know we have a game where we go okay okay this is great and then it goes back and and I also know that a lot of the process involves inconsistencies but I just feel that with the squad that we do have with the manager that we do have which I, I quite like him I think we should be performing and we could be performing a lot better um, so yeah 
it's, I'm sorry, I'm almost like, uh, it's almost like a monologue right here. So I, I would just shut up and say that I'm hopeful um, and again, frustrated, but it's Chelsea. So anything can happen. We have to see. Uh, Trav, I'll be honest, after what I'd seen the previous four games prior to today, my, my, I guess my hopes and maybe expectations did raise a bit, but then today happens and you're like, and you can't just kind of go, okay, this happens because the unfortunate thing is this has happened already this season and there's probably no, there's no evidence that it's you know not going to keep happening. And if that keeps happening, it's going to hinder ultimately what you can achieve. Like it's all well and good playing as well as we did last week against Arsenal. And we were really good. We still threw that game away. We were really good, but we've only got a point to show from it for being really, really good and praising that performance as we, as we all did and what, how happy we were of it. We still only got a point from it. And you lose, as I said, stats, you've, you've everyone over now. One win in our last 13, one win at home in the league this season. 40% of our league games this season, we've not scored a goal in. I mean, that form is not going to get you much. Like, And that hopefully it changes. But right now, like, and yes, obviously people can go, oh, the numbers are good. Oh, the numbers are good. And, and we did talk about that last week, Daniel. But unfortunately, yeah, the numbers can be good. But then if this happens today and it keeps happening... There's only so much like the numbers, you know, the numbers can say one thing, but the reality is going to be showing something completely different. There's only so long you can probably rely on and believe in sort of all these numbers you sort of hear and all these stats you hear. Because as I said, cold hard facts also are, but it's said one win in our last 13 at Stamford Bridge, one win in the league at home this season, that was Luton. Like, as I said, and if your home form's not good, you're not going to achieve much. I say Chelsea, you know, hopefully are better on the road than they were last season. But it's, you know, it's going to be tough. And yeah, I said, until Chelsea can put any meaningful bit of form together, it is quite hard to see them being more than a side that's sort of scraping for a top half finish. And that's also just reflective of how competitive the Premier League is right now. There's a lot of top teams. I mean, you know, as it stands, we are seven points behind Aston Villa in fifth, who have a game in hand. We are five points behind Newcastle. We are four behind Brighton, who have a game in hand. We are three behind Man United, who's abysmal as they are, who have a game in hand. We are two behind West Ham, who have a game in hand on us. Like, and obviously we're, you know, 14 behind Tottenham, yuck. 12 behind Arsenal, yuck. Nine behind Man City, who have a game in hand on us. Eight behind Liverpool, who have a game in hand on us. Like, there's lots of teams. So in, just from that aspect as well, Europe is already starting to, you know, things don't improve quick and Chelsea don't go on any meaningful run of form. Then Europe's already going to, you know, that idea of Europe could be gone by, potentially by Christmas maybe. So we will just have to see. It's going to be, it's going to be tough, Travis, at this moment in time. I said, while I'm, while I think in general we are playing a lot better than we were last season, albeit I don't think it's hard to be playing better than we were last season, and there's been more to like about this Chelsea team than last season. I think ultimately it's quite hard, based on what we've seen, to be really thinking that at this moment in time, you know, this team is going to be more than a top half team. And said, three wins, three draws, four losses. That's kind of the, you know, that is kind of the epitome of, of mid-table mediocrity, if you will. So, yeah, it, it, I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not super down. It's just frustrated when I've kind of seeing the same patterns happening again and again. I would like to hope that we can fix that at some point. Jess, you had something to say before we move on. Yeah, I do. And it's 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 actually it's not necessarily related to the question, but it, you mentioned Tottenham and it's something that it's on my, it's been on my mind because, you know, as I said, I try to be very logical and analyze everything and be objective and not emotionally driven when it comes to analyzing Chelsea. Um, definitely not when I'm watching the game, but when I try to sit down and have a conversation about it. Um, and, and, and Tottenham for me, it, it is it kind of makes me angrier or more frustrated, however you want to say it, because, you know, they also had that, that terrible moment with Antonio Conte, as we did with, let's say, Graham Potter, where everything, like everything seems lost. They were like a mess as we were um, last season. And they, and then they brought in Ench Postacoglu and they had a, a, a difficult time in the transfer window where they didn't get all their targets. They took a long time to add them, but they ended up having a really good goalkeeper, a really good centre-back in, in Van de Ven and, and obviously Madsen, who might be the signing of the season. Um, we'll see at the end of it, but right now it's definitely a contender for that. Um, and maybe they added other players, but those three are the ones that, I, I, I really come to mind in the ones that are making a difference. But, I, and again, I know football isn't played on, on paper, but on paper, our squad is a lot better than theirs, right? And yeah. you see someone come in with a, a squad that is not as good as ours, 
Um, obviously, they lost Harry Kane. Obviously, the, you know, when you're talking about firepower, they do have Son, but then they have Richarlison, who is not having, you know, far from having a, a good season, a good year. Um, they did have Brennan, they added Brennan Johnson as well. Forgot about it. But, you know, and, and you see what they were be being able to do in a short time. So when you compare it to us, it's like, okay, but how much longer do we have to wait to actually see progress? And I'm not even talking about being top of the league or anything like that, but to not be in a position that we are right now. Um, and, it, and it's, it, you know, I know it's not fair and everything is not black and white and there are a lot of circumstances, all of that. I do know all of that. But as a fan, it's something that you look and you go, okay, then what is so different? What is happening behind the scenes at Chelsea that is so different? Did we get the signing runs? Um, do we need, I, I think, I personally think that we need something more. I mean, one more, at least one more player, um, offensive player. And then we keep being linked with center backs and it's just still more frustrating. But yeah, sorry, just my thoughts on, you know, how much or whether or not we should be comparing the situations and, and how much having that, um, that big 180 that Tottenham had this, this season, um, how much does it affect us and how much it, it should I mean, should it affect us? And if so, what 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 sort of impact do we have in terms of our patience to our situation, if that makes sense? Of course, because obviously Tottenham, big rival, and you see them in a bit of a similar situation. Else, albeit, I mean, look, I do think Spurs, probably what they have in their side, they do have probably more experience than us. That is probably a fact to be. Say, you look at Jess, and I know you said football's not played on paper, but it's so easy to play this game on paper. But we look at it, I wouldn't say Spurs defensively have got better defenders than us they've got some good defenders and you know some defenders like as I said you I mean, mentioned Van Bern, who's having a very good season but yeah they're full I mean they're fullbacks I mean like you wouldn't say their fullbacks are better than our fullbacks granted their fullbacks actually do stay fit which probably does help um but then midfield wise you wouldn't say their midfield's better than us I guess the thing is they have goals up front and we don't and that is probably what is gonna you know keep keep us back but yeah it's a valid point and I know I, I did raise a point on a podcast a few weeks ago about my love ranch um so I will try not to you know do it again because you know people do not want this to be a Tottenham but it's an easy comparison to make and it's also you know 100% easy for people to get frustrated when they see t a team like Tottenham who were you know probably in a similar situation and lost their best player in the summer and they've gone from strength to strength and we have supposedly strengthened and we have I mean as I said we have improved there has been improvement on last season albeit I don't think it was hard to improve on last season but you see still you know, the same issues. And look, who knows, Tottenham, you know, they may well have, you know, a difficult patch to come at some point and then you will see how they bounce back to that at, you know, this moment in time, life is just so good for them. But again, it's a very easy comparison to make and it's, you know, it's completely understandable when you think that the situations were probably not all too dissimilar uh, in the summer. Next question comes in from Jam. And again, it sort of links to the discussion about it a little bit. How do you see things going this side of Christmas? Because, Jess, it's, uh, the fixture list is not particularly kind for Chelsea obviously there is a midweek cup game against Blackburn which we'll talk about in a in a uh, other listener question but Tottenham away Manchester City at home Newcastle away Brighton at home Man United away Everton away Sheffield when Sheffield United at home and Wolves away for Christmas um obviously Wolves is being played on Christmas Eve I'm not going to just rehash for rant that Daniel and I had on it last week everyone knows about it we're not happy Poch isn't happy it, you know he means it's the day before he has to travel up to Wolves and it's his and it's his anniversary with his with his wife so he's obviously not happy we're not happy it's Christmas Eve not going to rant on that if you want to hear what Daniel and I said go back to last week uh to listen to you know discussing about Wolves being played on Christmas Eve but Jess that is a you know a fairly testing run of fixtures and we've seen how Chelsea so far have come up against you know with a relatively kind start to the season fixtures wise how they've coped you know obviously they have played Liverpool and Arsenal but they were both at home Real tests emerge now, and I mean Chelsea are 11th right now, as we mentioned earlier. Four games in the league this season out of ten, we have struggled to score. And obviously, in this list, there are some you know games that you think would potentially suit us more. Perhaps some teams less low block. You imagine, but quite a few of these teams, obviously, you know, I'd imagine, but really only Everton in that list. Everton, Sheffield United, and maybe Wolves will sort of really sort of come with the low block. But I'd expect Tottenham, City, Newcastle, Brighton, United etc to sort of play their games which could see us but how do you feel going into this you know things now going into this quite tricky run of fixtures before Christmas because uh I mean we're 11th now mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think Newcastle I actually think Newcastle and Manchester United can play a low block low block very well I'm not expecting them to have a lot of possession of the ball actually when we play against them but we'll see 
Um, and it's complicated, right? Because the I'm, I'm going to be very delusional here. And I'm already saying it because I'm a Chelsea fan and I'm, I'm, I suck at predicting things because this is one area where I can't be objective. I'm just going to, you know this, we, we text a lot about this. Everybody's like, oh, we're going to lose. This is going to happen. I was like, nope, we're winning. And then obviously we don't win, but I'm just like, nope. Next time again, we're winning. So this is my, my thoughts. We're going to win against Tottenham. I said it. People will crucify me maybe after this and, and make fun of me if we lose. But I do think we're going to win against Tottenham. Um, do I have any sort of facts or reality to substantiate it? Nope. But I think we're going to win. Um, and um, it is what it is. Um, but actually, uh, trying to be objective, I see a lot of draws. I actually can can see um, a lot of draws happening. I think we play a lot better uh, when we don't have that low block because, you know, again, this is an area where the facts actually substantiate my claim. And I think I can see us um, winning a couple of points there, but I honestly don't have any clue of what's actually going to happen in reality. I just know that before each and every game, each and every game, I'm going to be like, we're winning. And uh, people are going to make fun for me for it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like really simple. It just depends on what Chelsea tell me. If Chelsea put in a performance like they did against Arsenal last weekend, then Chelsea will get some of the results against these big six sides because that was a performance good enough to give you hope that they can get a result. But it's just a question of what turn up. But again, talking about Chelsea, it's what's so frustrating because again, well, in the Brentford game, talk, texting my mate Gabs and I was saying, this is so annoying. And what's more annoying is I know we're going to put in a better performance against Tottenham on Monday the 6th of November. That's not saying we'll win or even draw, but I know we're going to put in a lot better performance. And it's just these fixtures, which is why it does, it gives you hope. Look, we obviously, there's games there, but Chelsea, you know, on it, I mean, it could be anything. Honestly, Jam, it wouldn't surprise me. Look at those fixtures, if it just sort of replicates Chelsea's current, you know, season now of like three wins you know, three draws, four losses, it honestly wouldn't surprise me just the inconsistency in there because that team is capable of rattling off some wins there and winning and get some winning a game perhaps they don't expect to, losing a game they, you know, don't expect to. It could be anything, Jam. It could be painful. And this is, I guess, in the season preview, this part of the season was where I predicted Chelsea just to slowly fall down the table. Um, and which is why in the other season, I was, you know, frustrated with the start we had because it was a relatively kind start and I kind of had us getting off to a decent start in the Premier League, being around, you know, maybe that fourth spot, maybe fourth, fifth, and then dropping down during this period of games. It's a fact we're 11th now and we might drop down during this period of games. And I've said before, Arsenal was really good last week, but we didn't win. We don't yet have that statement win under Poch. And it's not going to, and due to the start of the season we had, it's not going to take long for negativity to return to this Chelsea side, despite the fact we'd, you know, put in a, a good run of form together prior to this to the price of a Brentford game today. So it's just, yeah, Jam, it's just one of those things. I hope just for Al said, we can just put something together because it would be nice if Chelsea, you know, could just be, there could be a happy environment, just a happy feeling around Chelsea for a bit because there was a little, for a period before today, there was a nice, happy feeling and now that's gone. And if things go, if we lose at Tottenham, then there'll be more pressure and it just won't be nice. And, you know, this is a young squad. I just hope for their sake they can get some results because I don't want this to sort of spiral because there's been some promising signs this season that this team could potentially do something and hopefully you know it, you know they'll stand up in the face of adversity and they won't sort of cower like they probably did last season. But yeah, Jamie, it's tough. It, it's going to be a roller coaster. Um, probably some good games, um, you know, games where you want to sit behind your your sofa or whatever watching us. But no, it will be it'll be challenging. It wouldn't surprise me if Chelsea. Make a state, get a statement victory there, but also then just lose a game. They completely shouldn't just leave you wondering exactly where they are, which is kind of what they've done in the first 10 games or so of this season, Jam. So, yeah, it, there could be some. I honestly, you know, I don't think it'll be a full blown disaster. Uh, I don't think it'll be a, a roaring success. I think we'll just, you know, we, we, we'll win some games and then we might pick up some results here. As I said, I thought, you know, going back to this period, I thought we would win after the international break. Going into, uh, yeah, you know, this run of fixtures, I sort of thought we, you know, we, Brentford was the one I thought we'd win. I thought Arsenal, Tottenham, City and Newcastle, I didn't think we would win. Um, but then we got the point against Arsenal last week to give me hope that we could get something more. So who knows, maybe in those big games, we'll rattle off something. But now, unfortunately with today, it does also put pressure on us and make him feel we probably do now really need to win one of those games just to sort of give us 10 win and just to bolster us up the table. Because, it, yeah, it's it's frustrating. Um, 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Next question comes in from Kamal. Is it Carabao Cup season? Jess, I mean, we are 11th in the Premier League. You know, as we mentioned, Europe could be quite tough to get. Winning the Carabao Cup does present a form of European, you know, puts you in qualification rounds for, I believe, the Europe Conference League or, uh, yeah. So, you know, it's not the grand continue, but it is an opportunity. And we're not, we don't have European football this season. We've got Blackburn midweek. How important is not just the Carabao Cup for you, but also, I guess, the FA Cup for you this season? Obviously, last year we went out the first, you know, first attempt to, to Manchester City in both rounds, got brutal draws. But seeing, you know, some of the teams left in the Carabao Cup this year, the draw, how important is it for you that Chelsea, you know, do take this competition seriously and do go far in it? Incredibly important. I mean, it is a trophy, right? And again, we said it a couple of times already um, on this episode, um, we have a very, very young squad. And a lot of people dismiss the Carabao Cup or even the FA Cup of Saw fans dismissing that, but it is a title. It is a trophy, domestic competition. And one that we, as you said, we have a lot more time to rest in between when compared to some other teams. And I will be incredibly, incredibly vexed if we don't take it seriously, because a trophy is a trophy. And I think it mentally can push our players. You know, we can, you know, we're coming from a bad result and we're going to have the chance to redeem ourselves in a way, at least mentally for this players uh, midweek in a different competition. But, it, you know, if we get a win there, which is the expectation, then you go into the other game uh, with a little bit more confidence. So it's important in that sense. And it's important in the, in the mentality of it all. When, you know, if you have that young squad winning something, major trophy, uh, domestic trophy for, for Chelsea. So obviously for me, it's incredibly important. And again, that word of hope and hopefully it is Carabao season. Yeah, no, indeed. We'll just do like, have a quick look forward to Blackburn. Now, obviously, you know, Enzo and Madweki did miss out of injuries. Obviously, I'm just saying, are there sort of players you would like to see sort of feature midweek? Obviously, Chelsea, we'd like to take it seriously, but, you know, we've got Petrovic on the bench. Petrovic, you know, the goalkeeper the yeah. signed. Benoit Badishile has been on the substitute bench now a couple of games. Get him game. Leslie Ogachuku comes on today. You know, Ian Martin comes on again today. I guess looking at for those names to feature and then maybe, you know, maybe give that, see if Reese is fit to start. Yeah, Petrovic is the one that I really want to see. Um, I think and a little bit of transfer talk, which, you know, and whoever knows me knows it's, it's something that I love, even though Nick hates the transfer window. I love it. Um, the expectations, the whole, um, you know, conversation about it and the possibilities. And I think, you know, going into this season, we needed to address our midfield. And in my opinion, we did it beautifully. You know, when you have Enzo and Caicedo and now Cole Palmer in your team and you have Connor doing very well, Lavia is still to feature and players like Casade and Andre Omon, um, you can't, and even Ugo that you, men- you mentioned right now. So in Carney, um, Chikomenka, who obviously it's injured, but he's coming back. And so we have a lot of options there, um, but we needed to address our goalkeeping situation and we needed to address the striker situation. Um, in the striker department, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't hate it a lot of it. I know what people are very critical, but in my opinion, you didn't have an out and out striker that was very gettable in the summer, right? Um, as we're going to have probably in January when you're thinking about names like Ivan Tony. So we didn't have that. So I, I can cut the, the, I can cut them some slack. I can see the, the reasoning behind let's try Nico Jackson and, and see how Amanda is coming back and, and see how we deal with that. But when it comes to the goalkeeper situation, for me, it was very obvious that we needed a top, top goalkeeper and the importance of a goalkeeper. And, and a lot of people didn't dismiss this, but goalkeepers can win you a lot of points. And, and I think about Allison for, for Liverpool. And we got in a good keeper in, in Sanchez. I think he's a good keeper, but I don't think he is a top. I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think he is a sort of keeper that's going to majorly win you points you know this decisive points and for instance today I don't think he was the reason we conceded I don't think he was at fault he made a lot of good saves 
But then last week, um, last game against Arsenal, he was at fault. And this is something that I'm gonna, I think we're going to keep seeing. I think maybe when he gets confidence, he's, gonna, he's a really good shot stopper. But I can see also him being um, error prone. And I don't think he is on the level of an Allison or is going to be winning you points like Nick Pope did for Newcastle last season, for example. So I was looking forward to having that top, top, top goalkeeper. And I don't know if we got that, but it's also an area where I'm not the most knowledgeable on, um, which is why a lot of the, the people that I do trust and that know a lot about this position, we're talking about how Petrovic is a very, very good goalkeeper and have all the fundamentals and everything. I personally haven't watched him. I don't watch the MLS and, and I don't know much about him other than what I've read. So he is definitely some... Um, you know, definitely a player that I'm excited to see because I want to know more about him. And who knows, maybe he can be that next level goalkeeper that we are needing. And I think even though I, 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 I definitely think the fan base sometimes is very, very harsh on, on Sanchez. I have to agree that we need more if we want to, if you want to strive for something more. It, it, you know, he's not someone that I can see leading us to a title or, or anything like that. Um, so Petrovic is the one that I'm very, very excited to see and I'm looking forward to seeing the most. And I think he will probably feature. Um, so yeah, he's the one, but as you mentioned, uh, Badia Shiller, just having him back with Ben, you know, we all fell in love with him so, so easily because he's incredible and hopefully maybe even David Washington is. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, we would, I guess maybe he might feature in this next part of conversation. Next question comes in from Dean Mears. What's more useful, Nicholas Jackson leading the line or a chocolate teapot? Dean does not hold back. I don't want to repeat myself, but I was not the most confused when Chelsea didn't sign a senior striker this summer. Albeit, as Jess said, I don't necessarily know who was on the market. But going into the season, basically with a bloke who'd had half a season of good form at Villarreal, uh, Armando Breyer off the back of a and Armando Breyer off the back of a serious injury. You know, it was a risk, and I. Keep mentioning that in 1920, Tammy Abraham had Olivier Giroud. Who does Nicholas Jackson have? He doesn't really have anybody right now. Obviously, you know, there was, you know, we talked in previous episodes, if Armando stays fit, that competition between him and Armando, that's quite good, but they're still both quite young, inexperienced strikers. And, you know, we're we're losing the game today. And who does Poch have to turn to to the bench? David Washington. Young lad, signed in the summer. Probably weren't even expecting him to really be the first-team squad this season, we're probably thinking he might go out on loan somewhere, but alas, not to be. Um, just it has been a bit of a tough time for Nicholas Jackson because there's been good games, and we've seen him have like moments again. I think he comes on against Burnley, you know, in that form win, and he's really good and he has moments. And there's just unfortunately games where he just you, the inexperience shows and just the ineffectiveness shows. I think against Arsenal last week, that cameo off the bench offered nothing really didn't really help the team at all. And obviously, then you know, has that chance where he basically just is caught in two minds and ends up doing nothing in Raya you know, sort of gets, you know, sort of smothers the ball before he gets to really do anything. And then, you know, today, just unfortunately, just really, you know, ineffective. Um, what have you made of, I guess, Nico's start to Chelsea? And are you a bit, is that sort of an area that you are, you know, going to be worried till, you know, I mean, potentially January, maybe even just for the rest of the season? Um, I think it's an area that I'm going to be worried now. But I, as you said, it, it was a risk. Um, going into the season like that, that but it, it was a risk that I understood. And I understood because of the the possibilities in the market and the price that we were seeing for players that weren't um, proven necessarily. And it were crazy uh, money for players that were proven and the players that I, that I think could really fit us weren't available. And at the same time, we had Nkuku, who in my opinion is not a striker, but play as a striker and, and, and who could be that experienced person um so it was a risk but I understood the reasoning behind it but obviously Nkuku got injured before the season started and then it becomes an even major risk um an even bigger risk um so I am a little bit worried um just not saying that Nico Jackson is not a good player or anything like that but as you said young and experienced and you're going to have inconsistencies when you're talking about players that don't have a lot of experience. I think that's when the the mental aspect and the confidence even um, it affects them even more. So if you're having a player that that is supposed to be the scorer is not being able to produce the numbers that he wants to produce or that people are expecting him to produce, then he becomes a little bit down. And then you have the fans um, 
constantly complaining. And, and again, I'm not taking, uh, I don't think the fans are wrong, but I just, it, it's all a, kind of a system, a cyclical thing uh, of not having patience, but at the same time, understanding why the fans don't have a lot, a lot of patience. But yeah, I, I am worried because, you know, the reality is we are not scoring the goals that we are supposed to be scoring. And I don't think that's going to change. I, I can't see how that changes unless we have Nkuku back. In a way, I think having Mudrik back will help. Having Enzo back will help. Um, and you see Sterling, for instance, he has one good game and then he immediately disappears the next game. So it's not someone that I perceive rely on. Um, so I think, you know, we saw, I think Pochettino recently said that Nkuku might be back very soon. So if that happens, for me, it's an amazing boost. And in terms of, of you know, our firepower and at least someone that I can see the goals coming from, right? So, but I would definitely, definitely sign a striker. At this moment in time, if the window was tomorrow, I, it's the position that we need to address. And now I can actually see options on the market. And I would, I will be, again, very angry if Chelsea don't go for one of them. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Next question comes in from Davey. We know how teams are going to set up against us, sit deep, park the bus and hit us on the counter. How do we break them down? Um Jess, because I was sort of thinking about this, like, you know, breaking teams down with a low block. I don't think it's just a Chelsea thing that is, you know, te- that struggle with it. I think it, you do see it, like, e- like a lot of the best teams do also struggle with it as well. I think we saw signs of it last night in the or Friday night in the Spurs Crystal Palace game, and in general, I could just remember basically any team that I've seen go. This is just one example: picking out a team, any team that's gone to Selhurst Park, just struggle to break Crystal Palace down and sort of end up sort of sneaking a one 0 win. Somehow, is it one way? And again, I, I'm wary of sort of being too much of a Spurs on, but I kind of look at it and I look at I think three of the last four goals Spurs have scored are kind of caused by sort of their pressing and their aggressive pressing of the front and sort of you know getting the ball back in sort of those dangerous areas or those turnovers sort of. At the edge of box, because again, you look at it again. Sorry, but I'm just using Spurs as an example of their opening goal last night. So Palace sort of, pre- you know, they press Palace and Palace sort of end up making a meal of that. I think the ball ends up going out for a throw, and then all of a sudden Spurs are in that dangerous attack position. They then see their game against Fulham, the two goals. Their game again. Is that maybe one way Chelsea sort of press? Is it, you know, potentially, you know, because I'm because I feel like Cole Palmer. For what's worth, did his bet, you know, did pretty well today, sort of in, in fact, in manufacturing chances for Chelsea against Brentford. And it, you know, it was just, I guess, almost like the finishing that let us down. Like on another day, as I said, and I'm very tired of using on another day if that chance goes in because I've been saying it for, for too long. But for example, if we pick out one of those examples, if it's maybe anyone else but Kukurella in that position, but you know, from that Palmer through ball, Chelsea go one up and maybe it's a different story. And Chelsea, you know, you go. And then the narrative, oh, well, Chelsea were patient and they eventually break Brentford down. And then it's a different game. They managed to go out, see it on to win, etc. Is it like, because I feel like the low block thing, but numerous managers we've seen at Chelsea have struggled with it. It's not just a potch thing. We've seen at Chelsea for a number of years. And yes, of course, maybe some of it is players, but are low blocks just in general just really difficult to sort of break down? I'm just like, well, because the more I kind of see it, and I do see, you know, you do see other teams struggle with it as well as points. I mean, even another example, Spurs struggled against nine-man Liverpool, you know, a few weeks ago yeah. you know, against a low block. And that's with a, you know, a two-man advantage. So is it, you know, how do we, I guess, set up against teams, you know, that are going to sort of sit deep, part of the bus and sort of hit us on the counter to try and break them down? Because I don't think it's probably as, as simple as, you know, a simple answer because it's effective and lot of, lots of teams are still doing it and getting great success. Yeah, it's not a single, uh, like a simple answer. And I don't think it's a single answer at all. Um, as you mentioned, Paul Palmer, I think he created three incredible chances. And then at the end, we saw Thiago Silva create one as well for him. Um, and you mentioned Cucurella. And I, I just have to take this chance to say, because I am one of the biggest critics of Cucurella. I've been very, very hard on him. But in recent in recent games, he has been really really good and I think he, I'm sorry I just I just needed to say it I needed to throw out there too because he has been very good and he deserves that the recognition um but yeah, going caught, back to the uh, question he caught John Cena's in- <laughs> sorry he caught John Cena's attention on Instagram if anyone follow John Cena he'll check his latest <laughs> Instagram post but just a picture of Mark Piccarella bizarre yeah but yeah anyway sorry he's, just continue 
Yeah, I, no, no, yeah, of course. Um, he just, I don't know what happened in terms of his mentality. And he just turned something we saw um, the best Cucurella, you know, from Brighton. And we were recently seeing him now. And uh, he, he kept his place and he deserved to keep his place. Because as I said, he could have been, you know, Levi Cowell could have played on the left and we have Gusto on the right. And he chose not to, you know, Pochettino chose not to do that. And and he deserved, he deserves the recognition. He deserves his starting place. And, and yeah. I just wanted to congratulate him on that and, and recognize that. But going back to the question, um, I think it's a almost like a cycle because I don't actually think we have bad defenders. I, I like our fullbacks. You know, obviously you have Rhys James and, and Chile who are injured. I didn't like when we were playing Levi Kawa. I think that was a mistake playing Levi Kawa as a left, you know, as the, the main starting 11. I understand it in certain cir- circumstances in a particular game or something like that. But when you think about our starting 11 and then you have three center backs or sometimes four center backs playing in that back line, it's something that I didn't like. But if you go um, position by position, we have good center backs, we have good fullbacks. Now with Malagusto and Reese gets injured, you have a very good player, attacking player that can overlap as well. And so I don't think the, the defensively we are a problem, but then we can't, you know, we can't score. And because when we can't score, then we go in behind when the other the other team scores and then it's either a defensive problem because I don't know what it is that we start crumbling and it's just kind of like a cycle so you know because when you when you're playing against a low block you you, I think the key word is patience right you have to rotate the ball a lot obviously you have to have players who know how to finish but just to to interrupt you on back quickly do you also think maybe the fact that we had Axel Dezazi arrive back today and Noni Madueke a winger who quite likes to sort of hug the touchline and not necessarily yeah. take on his, you know, players like Mikhailo Mudrik sort of does. And we kind of see, do you also think that sort of maybe sort of that type of winger? Because again, you know, Sterling, yeah. you know, yes, at times took his man on today, but I think without Mudrik, we were just that little bit less direct. And you do perhaps need that with, you know, with a, with a low block sometimes to sure try getting behind, pacing behind, try and get, you know, fouls, win a penalty, et cetera. We didn't, you know, Nonny, you know, wasn't really sort of taking his man on today. Do you think sort of potentially sort of that right-hand side balance as well? Potentially you kind of need sort of a right balance because obviously, you know, Nonny can maybe get away with it if you've got Reese on like driving and attacking or Augusto attacking. But Dezarsi was not really, he's not, well, not really a proper right-back. He, you know, can do a job there, but not really sort of, you know, that sort of player. If you sort of had two players, you guys sort of like to pass the ball and not really sort of be direct with it, which you probably need to try and be a bit more against the low block. But yeah, exactly. But that's what I mean when when I'm in the cycle. Because you, you're looking at Pochettino. I'm sorry, can you hear the, the fireworks? We're going to have a very, very big game in my city today. So if you hear fireworks, that's why. Um, and also it's like a, a, a team, a club, that it's like the arsenal to my club um, here in my city. So I hate it because it's a very, very big final. But anyways, um, going back to it, it's what I mean. Oh my gosh, wait. <laughs> it's fine, Jess. It's fine. Don't worry. Because this is it's like crazy here. But anyways, um, people can enjoy people can enjoy fireworks. They certainly won't gain fireworks <laughs> on the pitch from Chelsea today. So it's all good. Um, no, but think about me. I I saw Chelsea losing, and now I might see my, my rival club winning a major trophy. It's awful. It's a, like an international trophy as well. So anyway, um, I'm just sorry, uh, listeners, uh, for this tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyways, um. This is what I mean about the cycle, right? Because if you're Pochettino, you're looking what has been repeating itself. So you see, okay, my defense is not a problem, but if I don't score, then I have, I, you know, we can't, people can't score against us because if they do, chances are we're not going to come back from it. So he tries to protect the defense more and then that kind of negates our attack even more. So that's why I think he went with Isasi because of this, his height. And that's the only reason I think he went with Isasi because Malaguso lost his, you know, lost his men against Arsenal, he tried to correct that, and he knew Brentford's um, biggest weapon was, was you know, crosses and heading and all of that, so he tried to correct that. But Disasi doesn't overlap. You know, we know, so I, that's why I feel very, very harsh judging Noni Madueke, um, or completely judging him, or putting the fault on him, because he didn't have anyone to play alongside him to overlap, and I think if he were to be playing with Malagusto, the story would be completely different. So I think, you know, with low blocks, it comes to a lot of patience, a lot of uh, courage from the manager as well in terms of the lineup. We could have Malagusto starting with Nani Madueke. I think it goes back to maybe wrong choices of, of us loaning players that shouldn't be loaned and keeping players that we might, you know, 
we could have loaned um, and I'm just going to go with David Washington. I have no problem with, with David Washington. Um, I'm a Brazilian. He's Brazilian. I want him to, su to succeed. And I think he offers a lot. We didn't see a lot of it today, but he offers a lot in terms of the second striker coming to, to pick up the ball in the center midfield. I don't think he was asked to do that today, but it's something that he, he can do it a lot. He can do take-ons as well because he started as a left winger. Again, we didn't get to see that today, but he is someone that I think had 16 uh, senior appearances before joining Chelsea. So I was definitely expecting him to go on loan and then he stays in someone that I think could offer maybe like immediately offer something right now, which is Angelo went on loan and Angelo has that uh, kind of dribble ability that you can count on maybe on a, on a game like today, uh, the, the one twos, I think Enzo would have helped as you said, Mudrik would have helped. So I don't think it's one one reason or one fact there is a you know there are a multitude of reasons and we just need to connect all of those and it, it just needs to click we need to have the right lineup we need to have the right mentality and the right patience for it and I mean the right mentality is because when you're playing your low block you know chances are you, you're gonna you're gonna concede a goal from a counter-attack and if that happens you can't crumble and we are doing that right now and if you concede a goal like that you don't have to change your entire lineup or or change the way that you play in the next game because of that. Because if you do that, then you're going to be, you know, uh, kind of messing up a different area of the pitch. So it's just trying to find that balance. I don't think Pochettino found his starting 11 yet, at least not when it comes to his offensive players. I think a lot of is up in the air at the moment. I think he considers Sowing to be, to be a starter, but I certainly don't. So, you know, there are a lot of questions at the moment. Fair enough. Next and final question comes in from Andrew Turner. How do you fix a lack of game intelligence? Dezazi and Madueke conceding the exact same goal as Gusto a week ago. We saw Benjamin's briefly because they refused to head the ball is unforgivable and nothing to do with age. I mean, it's frustrating, Andrew, that's for sure. Um, is it, again, is it also sort of familiarity? Because I'm, I'm trying to think, look, this is this for me feels non-Nonu Madueke's first Premier League start for, or his first start for well, he's sort of been on the periphery. Again, you've got Dazazi, you know, playing at right back. And I feel he's been, I, I want to say this is his first game at right back. And he's been playing at centre-back all season. So again, the positioning is different. Is is that potentially a reason? Just, you know, partnerships, fair, that's a, diff that's a new partnership that's not formed. Because it is, it is incredibly frustrating that we have basically considered the exact same goal that we did a week ago. It is, you know, what what is it? Is it that game intelligence? What, what do you kind of put that down to? And how do you fix it? I don't know if it's... I, I don't know if it's game intelligence. I don't know if it's something at training, because I, I'll go back to it again. To it again, the fact that we decided to play Tisasi meant that we recognize at least some sort of weakness, or at least not. not I wouldn't say weakness, but that we recognize what Brentford would try to do. So if we did that, in my mind, we we would have trained against it, right? So the players should know that that's how they attack or how they counterattack and, and, you know, based on the decisions that Pac made. So it, for me, I don't have an answer because it is so obvious that this is how they're going to attack. And it's so obvious by the choices that Pochettino made. And I think the players knew that that's how, you know, that that's what they were going to be dealing with. Um, and again, it can be any of the numbers of things that you said. Um, new partnership, the fact that Noni doesn't offer much defensively. Um, Isasi is not, you know, he's fast, but he's not as fast. So I'm actually, I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is. I am not as, I mean, again, for me, the most frustrating thing about the goal was the fact that we were obviously trying to prevent that sort of goal from happening. But other than that, the goal itself, didn't even make me angry. What made me angry was the fact that we completely capitulated in the second half. Um, and, and the fact that we can't deal with us being one nil down. I think there was one game where we actually turned things around. We, we scored and came back, but overall, yeah, was the game. Um, yeah. Yeah. But overall, it's not something that we seem to be able to do that. We just keep our heads down. Okay. They scored against us. It's over. And we keep our heads down. And maybe that's one of the reasons why we were too little up and we thought that we won the game against Arsenal because we don't see clubs coming, you know, doing it around because we wouldn't be able to do that. So I think we have to correct first. I think that the mentality aspect or whatever it is that's happening when we go one kneel down is something that we need to address. And as for the goal that we conceded, 
I think people will be incredibly angry in the, in the, the back room of Chelsea because for me, it's obvious that we knew something like that was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I know, it's interesting because I said to Joel, I've mentioned, you know, on the pod a few weeks ago when Madrid wasn't something, I did wonder maybe is it the, you know, his, the fact that, you know, a number of managers hadn't started him, was it perhaps his sort of, you know, dis- tactical sort of discipline in the defensive sense? And, you know, we saw him against Arsenal, how good he was, you know, off the ball, et cetera. Was that something that Poch had, you know, got in, managed to instill Tim into that time? Is that maybe, you know, is that what Mad- Nonny needs? Is that something he needs? But then also, again, I mean, I don't know what Nonny's like as a person, but he's not been starting regularly. He's sort of, you know, he's out there also trying to impress himself. Is he maybe sort of, I don't know, sort of thinking almost selfishly in a way like what's best for me instead of what's best for you. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't want to, you know, say that. But it's it's one of the things, does he basically sort of need maybe some time on the training pitch with Poch, you know, aside or, you know, just, you know, you know, does he need to really sort of get nailed that on the training pitch before he's sort of thrown in, you know, like we saw with Mudrick, because he said we're sort of now reaping the rewards with Mudrick and now maybe we need to see similar with Nonny. And who knows, maybe that, that doesn't happen. But yeah, it is, Andrew, it's incredibly frustrating. I'm sorry maybe we don't have uh, a more thorough answer for you. But yeah, that is all the listener questions we got in today. It was incredibly frustrating to say Chelsea lost their eighth Premier League game at home in 2023, which is already their most in a calendar year since 1986. So it was an incredibly frustrating afternoon. I want to thank Jess for coming on the pod. It was a pleasure as always. And I do promise her that one day she will, sooner or later, she will talk about a Chelsea win. Surely it's going to happen. At some point, Jess, before you go, tell people where they can find you on Twitter. Um, yeah, I'm at uh, J-E underline Frota, F-R-O-T-A. And I have to say that I think from now on, we, you just have to do like, we watch the game and then if Chelsea wins, you send a quick message, Jess, it's time, we won. Do one so you can be happy. Um, but yeah, I apologize for my part in it, for, for my part in our in our loss. Um, but again, I very much appreciate the invitation. I appreciate giving me the chance to discuss all things Chelsea. And as you know, I'm a huge fan of the pod, huge fan of your work. And I think you are a wonderful person and I admire your knowledge. So it's an honor to be here. And I just wanted to say thank you one again, once again. Yes, it is always, always a pleasure. As for us, we're on X or we're on Twitter or X at that Chelsea pod, Instagram at that Chelsea pod, Fred at that Chelsea pod. We're on all your usual podcast platform providers, Apple, Spotify, etc. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please leave the show a rating and review that goes a long way whenever i tweet but put out any likes or reposts uh are greatly greatly appreciated and uh yeah until the next episode everybody keep blue flag flying high sports social podcast network